Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. And you were pointing out, Aaron, that this date, uh, April 18th, has some significance, with which James Gunn pointed out earlier today, right? Yeah, I did not know it was an anniversary of sorts, but uh, a little tweet from James Gunn a mere 10 hours ago. He says, I'm honored to be a part of the legacy, and what better day than Superman Anniversary Day to dive fully into early pre-production on Superman Legacy. Costumes, production design, and more now up and running. And then along with that, he posted a picture uh, along with his tweet of the uh, title page for Superman Legacy written by James Gunn. So it looks like, yeah, the script is all nice and complete. He's happy with it. He's going to be looking at costumes. And will Supes have the red underpants on the outside of his outfit? Yes or no? These are the questions us hardcore fans are dying to know right now. Have you ever seen that stuff that bubbled up online? For the Tim Burton Superman? Yeah, with uh, Nick Cage. Yeah, I, I forget. Did he have the underwear? No, because they were doing this really super awesome, like, uh, I guess they were taking Man of Steel literally, but it was mm-hmm. like a pearlescent metallic thing that had light lighting on the inside of it, like fiber optic LED type stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like light coursing through metal, uh, like light veins, veins of light coursing through metal. It looked incredibly crazy, uh, mm-hmm. but super wild and, and interesting. I really wanted to see how that would have looked on film with the proper lighting and effects around it. Would have been a very unfamiliar version of any Superman that we're familiar with you know just so far out there but again tim burton right so yeah left field it is there we go okay well again another reason that james gunn is of course in the news is we are just two weeks and two days out from the thursday night previews for guardians of the galaxy volume three and the press is now underway for this next mcu film which officially arrives in theaters on, on may 5th and Mr. Gunn was also talking just over the past day or so about, remember when the Disney company kind of disinvited him from directing the next Guardians movie? And he talked about how he was bummed and traumatized by his firing. Uh, This is coming from a comic book movie.com story. He said, it was hard, but the, the things... I think from that time uh, that that he remembers the love he got from his friends and family. And we are so lucky in a weird sort of way. We dodged this bullet because Karen Gillian, who was talking with Empire about that same time, said we talked with each other as a cast and formed a plan that all of us were on the, the same page, that we really were not going to do Guardians 3 without James. So kind of a good thing that Disney rethought that after a few months. I mean, especially after Warner Brothers hired James to work on Suicide Squad. And it's like, hey, he's not box office poison. Go figure. Invite him back. Mm. Speaking of box office, as of right now, projected domestic box office for Guardians Volume 3 currently sits at $130 million, which is lower than what Guardians Volume 2 did when it opened in North American theaters back in September of 2017. That sold $146 million worth of tickets in North America over its first weekend in theaters. Just in case you're wondering, the original Guardians 
made $94 million over its opening weekend. So Disney is literally slotting its initial box office projections for Volume 3 between what the original did in 2014 and what the second one did in 2017. What I'm hearing, Aaron, is basically Disney is still spooked by what happened with Quantum Mania, you know, that underperforming at the box office. So they, they're looking to err on the side of caution, and hopefully they'll have a Super Mario Brothers situation where it over <laughs> yeah, over right, delivers, yeah. overperforms. All right. So the bean counters, like they've they've got like different names on their beans. Like one's got to be release date. That's got to be a factor, sure. Right. Yep, Summertime yep. movie versus like January. That that plays. The fact that this is a trilogy that that that's the end should kind of boost your projection a little bit higher. Everybody yeah. wants to see how how things end. So then there's got to be a, a bean named COVID still that lowers that number a little bit. Are there any other beans that they're counting specifically by name that you can think of like a demographic, you know, is, is the demographic changing or anything like that? Well, remember Mr. Iger last month or thereabouts when he was talking with the investment community said going forward with Marvel, they're kind of eyeballing. Do we really need threes and fours? Could we perhaps introduce some new characters and see if that energizes the box office? And I think that that's another reason why, they're kind of projecting downward uh, box office for Guardians Volume 3. I mean, mind you, at the same time, if you talk with folks at Disney, they're like, we have yet to formally kick off our final ad campaign for, for Guardians Volume 3. In fact, Pom Kelitivum, the young lady who plays Mantis, she's overseas right now as part of the World Press Tour. She's In, in fact, just today, images were released of her in Seoul, Korea, working the line. And the entire cast is expected to turn out next week on Thursday, April 27th for the formal premiere in Hollywood at the El Cap. But both Disney and Marvel need this next MCU movie to be a sizable hit. They need it like it's the, the companies at stake if it goes sideways? Why, why do they need it so bad? There is a, a beginnings of a narrative out there about superhero movie fatigue. You know, if you factor in what just happened, for example, with the Shazam sequel, likewise Black Adam, also Ant-Man. So it's it's one of these things where it's like, we need volume three to sort of to do really well so we can push back on that narrative. To push back against that narrative, all you could do is just plainly admit maybe those films weren't all that great to begin with. It's not the fact that they're superheroes. It's just the fact that they weren't the best of the best. I mean, even James Gunn, when he was being interviewed recently, you know, from the DC side of the fence about, you know, mm -hmm. his strategy and what he's looking at and superhero mm -hmm. fatigue. And he said, yeah, it's out there. It exists. Mm -hmm. But if you actually start off with character and you have a good character driven story that that, you know, overrules superhero fatigue, you got to start off with, you know, a, a good reason for the character to exist, to be propelled forward as motivation and all that stuff. And if if you're failing on some basics of the storytelling essentials, uh, you're going to end up with a crap movie. Doesn't matter if it's wearing a cape or not. Okay. Well, and I think I, that maybe the situation is sometimes we just don't put out good. I mean, you know, for the sake of Marvel, they've all been decent. There have been very few pure stinkers that we roll our eyes at. You know, very, very few. And uh, in, in those cases, if we just admit that sometimes we get not the very finest result from our superhero movies, then it's not just uh, we don't have to say it's superhero fatigue. We just went, man, eh, we got a couple crappers. That's that's the difference. Mm, I, I <laughs> again, I, I've been covering the entertainment is industry for 
40 plus years at this point. And that sort of conversation about, uh, it wasn't a good movie. You know, I think, you know, we, we tried, you know, you, well, know, you, you had a show recently with uh, Drew Taylor on fine tuning where he, he spoke to, was it like the director of, of, uh, light year? Mm-hmm. And he, he was said, yeah, he may have made some mistakes here and there. He wasn't all up in arms. That, How dare you, sir? I said good day. Yeah, well, none of that happened. That's the thing, that there are so few Pete doctors in the industry, people will actually mm-hmm. be honest with you. You know, I mean, that that's what's, what's really for refreshing about Pete. But Well, it doesn't have to be people in the industry. I mean, it could just be you and I where we change the language of, I don't think it's superhero fatigue. I just think that sometimes we get a crap movie in, in the lineup of mm-hmm. out of 30 some movies. Yeah, every once in a while you're going to get a stinker. But I'm still, you know, when uh, Secret Wars gets here. Do you think I'm going to go, nah, I'm sick of them superheroes all of a sudden. You know, it's it's going to be like, no, this is a huge event. I've been waiting for the culmination of this, just like mm-hmm. Infinity War. I'm going to be there for that. And there's okay. no amount of fatigue that's going to stop me from from being there for these monumentous events. We just got to make sure that, you know, we, we uh, do right by our heroes when we tell their stories. Do a good okay. job. Okay, I just I want you to hang on to this number because it'll be coming up later in the show, 24. 24. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a self-help number. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just remember that number. Okay. And we have other news here, folks, we need to get to. But, but And as always, the news portion of today's show is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Now, uh, we were just talking about the red carpet, the El Capitan, which will be held next Thursday night for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's kind of a traditional thing that, you know, if you've worked on previous MCU films, like you get invited to the premiere of the, the most recent one and you get to talk about what you're working on next. And I would bet good money right now, Aaron, that one person who will not be seen on the red carpet next week will be Jonathan Majors. This performer is suddenly finding himself disinvited to a lot of things. Now, some of these are minor things. You know, I mean, uh, well, look, if, if you're a member of high society in New York, the Met Gala is a big deal. And it's being held on uh, May 1st. And Majors had already been invited to the gala by the fashion house Valentino. But earlier this week, Valentino announced that it had mutually agreed with Majors that the actor would not be attending the Met Gala. All right, so that's one thing. On the other hand, more concerning earlier this week, at least from a professional point of view, Jonathan's longtime talent manager at Entertainment 360 dropped him as a client. Also, his PR reps over at the lead company Jonathan was arrested on domestic violence charges in New York City back on March 25th, and it's really starting to cascade at this point. In fact, just as Aaron and I were getting ready to record tonight, Deadline reported that Majors has been dropped for a number of projects that he had uh, he had lined up, that things are in the works, like an unannounced Otis Redding biopic protagonist uh, pictures, the adaptation of the Walter Mosley novel, The Man in My Basement, as well as a, a series of ads for the Texas Ranger ball team. And this comes on the heels of the U.S. Army, which had Majors starring in a multi-million dollar recruitment ad that wow. a lot of people walking away from Mr. Majors at speed. Now, 
What does this mean for, for Disney and Marvel? Jeff Schneider, who runs the Hot Mike podcast, recently reported that Disney and Marvel haven't made any decisions yet regarding Jonathan's future in this film franchise, but that Disney and Marvel have been in touch with Major's agent to discuss potential options going forward. And when your longtime talent manager and your PR team drop you and you've got studios literally going, no, thank you. We don't want to make that movie with you. Mm. I, I would say the prognosis here isn't great. No, but, you know, I, I do believe there's going to be some talent agent out there mm -hmm. that's slicker and snot on a doorknob. Mm -hmm. And they realize that Jonathan Majors is a talented individual. Mm -hmm. And they realize that he's going to, you know, lose a lot of jobs, which means that he's going to be needy right now mm -hmm. to, to reestablish his career. And this uh, weaselly little uh, talent agent mm -hmm. is going to scoop him up on the cheap. Or, you know, they'll get a big cut, mm -hmm. I guess, is how it would work. They get, you know, instead of 15%, maybe 20% of their money. Mm -hmm. But uh, they'll do something along the lines of you have to go into therapy of some sort. You have to do, like, your apology tour. You have to fess up and, and you know, show that you're changing your ways. And then we'll get you jobs again. And, and that will probably be part of it. But uh, along the way, I think Disney and Marvel are a little bit in a, a sticky situation because if Loki Season 2 is already wrapped... I don't think they're going to recast him and then reshoot all of the scenes that he was involved in. So my belief is they're just going to leave everything as is and and not say anything one way or the other about Jonathan Majors. So be like Jonathan who? Mm -hmm. Don't know. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that name. Mm -hmm. uh, he who remains not much longer, maybe, is what his new <laughs> title will be. Uh, and <laughs> okay. and uh, and then after you know season two has come out mm -hmm. and it's it's done and then they're going okay now we've got a bunch of other movies lined up with this guy in it. At this moment, is he toxic or is he okay? Mm -hmm. If, if an assault actually happened, well, then obviously, you know, he's got to go through some things and, and none of them are going to be good. Mm -hmm. They're all going to be legal. And, and, you know, he might have jail time. He might have other bad things uh, besides losing your career. Mm -hmm. Right. So this could be, you know, as tragic as it is. Maybe this is the thing that changes a human being for the better. And he says, holy cow. I have been on the wrong side. I need to wake up and, and make some changes in my life and, and make progress steps into uh, changing who I am fundamentally as a human. Maybe that's that's the best we can hope for out of this, right? It's important also to remember that if we look back to July of 1996, the news of the day was Robert Downey Jr. passing out in the bed of, uh, in effect, it was a kid's bed at the, the, his next door neighbor's house. And that was actually the start of you know, he was, for example, he wound up being fired from, uh, you know, a number of jobs due to drug charges in 2000 right. and 2001. But if we, we jump ahead to 2008 to Iron Man and how he could, turned his life around. I mean, Rob Lowe's got a great career right now, this and he true. had a really troubling mm -hmm. thing happen, you know, back in the day. And, and he just disappeared for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, and then all of a sudden slowly earned his way back into our hearts. Mm -hmm. And uh, that thing was a long time ago, and I'm sure he's, he's paid for it, right? So we have to, you know, allow in this world for second chances. Mm -hmm. I don't know about third, fourth, and fifth chances. If someone keeps committing the same heinous act, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, then they should be banned forever. 
And, uh, you know, I'm not going to cast any stones at, at Jonathan Majors because I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been no court case. There's been no facts. There's just scuttlebutt. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shall not cast any stones on scuttlebutt. We'll just go, man, I hope it's not true. And if it is, I hope something positive can come from this, like someone, you know, making positive changes in their life. Mm-hmm. How about that? Okay. Well, speaking of which, well, let's pivot now to a Marvel star with, you know, a, a far better long-term prognosis and and that's jeremy renner i you know it was at target this week shopping and there he is on the end cap he's the cover boy on people magazine no way are you sure it wasn't jeremy renner because he's still terribly thin he does look like a magazine two-dimensional uh, could, could, again it's okay because he's fine i can make these very poor jokes <laughs> <laughs> well he he followed up last week uh, his appearance on Kimmel and being on the red carpet for innovations uh, made a point of returning to the now regional medical center in Reno, uh, Nevada, to personally thank the staff there who had helped save his life uh, after the New Year's Day accident where he was crushed by a 16,000-pound snowcat. And you can actually go to Instagram and see these images where he talks about how I got to revisit the amazing group of people who saved my life and they really did save his life that that things got bad that first day or so in the hospital in his diane sawyer interview jeremy revealed that he was there in bed writing down notes on his phone last words to his family to the effect of don't let me live on tubes or on machines and if my existence is going to be just drugs and painkillers please let me go now by the way he reveals that Things would have been much, much worse if the blade on the snowplow on his snowcat had got him. The bulk of Jeremy's injuries were caused by the wheels and the tread that power this multi-ton vehicle. And forgive me, this is the world's worst transition, Aaron. But speaking of blades, uh, Marvel Studios, long in the works, reboot of Blade, which, remember, got announced back in July of 2019 at San Diego Comic-Con is now just weeks away from finally going before the camera. The formal start of production for this Mahershala Ali movie is now slated for May 30th. And actress Mia Goth, uh, who just got cast in an undisclosed role in Blade, will be joining that film's production sometime in June. Also, by the way, getting underway uh, that very same month, June 2023, is the 22nd edition of the Tribeca Film Festival, which will run in in, uh, New York City from June 7th through June 18th. And why this one should be on Marvel fans' uh, radar, Marvel Studios will be holding the world premiere of its first original documentary, Stan Lee. The logline on this documentary, uh, supposedly 83 minutes long, is tracing the life from his upbringing in New York City as Stanley Lieber to the rise of Marvel Comics. Stan Lee tells the story of Stanley's life, career, and legacy using his own words and personal archive material. This film is directed by David Gelb, produced by David Gelb, Jason Sturman, and Brian uh, McGeehan, and it is a Disney Plus release. Now, there is an earlier documentary from 2010 with great power, The Stan Lee Story. This is, this is a different film. And again, making use of a lot of material that, that the Lee family gave Gelb. It's now slated to debut on Disney Plus on June 16th. Uh, weirdly, the folks over at Tribeca 
haven't listed the day uh, when uh, the Stan Lee documentary will be airing at that festival. All we know is that the festival is going to run from the 7th through the 18th, and somewhere in there in the pile, the Stan Lee documentary will air along with a documentary on Mike Wallace. But five days after that debuts on Disney+, Plus, we then get the MCU's next limited series, Secret Invasion. That one will feature, of course, the return of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, likewise Colby Smolder as Maria Hill. That drops on July 21st. However, an animated version of Maria Hill appear, has made an earlier appearance on, on the Disney Plus. She was on an episode of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. This episode debuted on Disney Plus on April 12th and is then, I guess, uh, supposed to premiere on the Disney Channel on the 29th. But they seem a little scrambled on this stuff. But anyway, long story short, it is great to see Maria Hill back as a character in the MCU, whether in animated or live action form. I wish we could say the same for the She-Hulk, which... Tatiana Mansley uh, did an interview with uh, Gold Derby just this past week or so on YouTube. And the question was, okay, so everybody enjoyed the Jennifer Walters character. When is she coming back? Mansley, again, in kind of a, a refreshing take on it, she, she truly has no idea. Phone hasn't rang, sitting there like a jilted lover after a first good date. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. I thought we were getting along. Well, but here's the thing. She, here's the quote. said, I truly have no idea. And I feel like the internet knows more than I do. But we have so many actors come on our show and totally shift their character, put him or her in a, a totally different scenario, a different universe. Which, that's what's so fun about the Marvel Universe. There's a multiverse. I don't know if you're aware, but that there's a multiverse. So I really enjoyed that show. I mean, I know back in the day, Aaron and I covered how... They were struggling, at least initially, to get the right tone with the show. There were a lot of reshoots. There were a lot of editing. But I think the, the end product really did work. While we're mentioning things about multiverses, mm -hmm. I did recently get a, uh, a tweet, a twit, mm -hmm. from uh, Kevin Lizzo, mm -hmm. who uh, was trying to answer one of my questions about, like, who's going to be our villain for the Deadpool 3 movie? Mm -hmm. And he had sent me this little... I don't know if it's promotional. I don't even know if a fan mocked it up. It could be total BS, mm -hmm. but it's got the cast for the, the movie. Mm -hmm. And so far, everything is lining up. You got Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman's as the beats, mm -hmm. uh, Josh Brolin, Marina Baccarin, Patrick Stewart coming back, and as well as uh, Ian McKellen. Mm -hmm. That's the rumor, right? That yep. they're going to make yep. a little yep. Yep. appearance. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're listed. You got Owen Wilson as uh, Mobius. Mm -hmm. But the one that surprised me, this is the, the one that, that Kevin was pointing out. Jim Carrey is listed as playing Madcap. And so I said, wait a minute, who the hell's Madcap and why is Jim Carrey playing him? Mm -hmm. And Madcap is apparently a Deadpool villain. He, the, his origin story is like he was on a bus with 40 people. There was a tragic accident and everybody died except for him. And he was left laying in a toxic pool of uh, like Wolverine juice, I guess, mm -hmm. that gave him instant healing abilities, like super instant. Like, you know, Wolverine takes 10, 20 seconds to heal. Mm -hmm. This guy is like instant and he doesn't feel pain. So when he got hit by a car, uh, he just got up and went, huh, that was weird. And uh, I tripped, apparently. And so he's he's crazy and he uh, heals instantly and he feels no pain. And it sounds like a great Jim Carrey type of role. And I went over to IMDb to see if I could, you know, 
confirm that in any way. And it's a much more stripped down list. You got your Ryan, your Marina, your Hugh Jackman, and and all of the ones listed, except no Patrick Stewart, no Ian McKellen, and uh, also no no Jim Carrey. But they do have Matthew McFadden, who is uh, Shiv's husband on Succession. Mm-hmm really sleazy slimy character and they don't have a title for who he's playing so he could also be rather villainous or mysterious or something but he's a great character actor and i really don't know what what's going on right now with deadpool we got signs pointing in different directions he went that away bug said pointing both east and west yeah i i did see the succession actor that news bubble up this week i've, I've been trying to source it myself yeah. if the jim carrey rumor is true i mean when you think about the film that that initially put Carrie on the map, The Mask, you know, back in in ninety four, right. I mean, that was based on a, a line of Dark Horse comics. Well, I'm wondering if he did the Riddler, you know, with the the Batman was it Return? No, not Batman Returns, Batman Forever. Uh, yeah, he did the Riddler for that, and I just wonder, you know, I I think people will go, hey, you already did that mm-hmm. crazy villain thing. I I want him to go like super super dark mm-hmm. and super super evil in a not not a laughy jokey sort of way. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Robin Williams was just a, a whirlwind of jokes, but when he did a dark role, he was quiet and he was still, and that was the most unsettling Robin Williams, just because you know that's not how he was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I want that from Jim Carrey. I want I want him to go dark again if if he actually does this role. That would be fun. Good time. Kind of ironic you you bring up Robin Williams because Jim Carrey plays the Riddler in Batman Forever in 1995, which again comes on the heels of his work at Stanley Ipkiss uh, in The Mask, you know, the year previous. But I've got the the couple of the Robin Williams bios here at the house, and Robin came within inches twice of playing Batman villain. I mean, he was in the running for, uh, you know, had to be Joker before they oh got God, to Jack, yeah. right? Well, no, that was the thing that, yeah. that, you know, that when they could make the deal with Jack Nicholson and it's of course, well, of course we, we have to make that deal that will play worldwide so much better, but then jump ahead to Batman forever. And evidently Williams came in and read and everybody loved his take on the Joker, but then... The Joker or the Riddler? Oh, excuse me, the, the, the Riddler. And then Jim Carrey is suddenly white hot due to the mask. And it's just sort of like, well, we got to go with that. And Williams was very bitter about how it had been handled in both cases. That, you know, he felt like Warners had had reached out to him, had promised him certain things, only to then jerk the part out from under him. So... That said, I'd I'd love to see Jim Carrey in the MCU. He's taken a break from acting, it seems like, for uh, uh, quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost retired status, I would say. And uh, anything that, that brings him back, and especially anything that takes a character that you're used to being one way, mm-hmm. And uh, you put them in a different box. It can be very startling. Matter of fact, uh, Barry, that's on HBO with uh, Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Bill Hader, you know, Laugh Riot on SNL. Mm-hmm. And man, this is like one of the darkest things I've ever seen come out of Bill Hader. And it's just so 
opposite of what I'm used to that I'm like, my God, this guy. And he's writing and directing a lot of it. And it's like, I did not know the depth of his talent. Mm-hmm. I know he was outstanding comedian, but his drama is heartbreakingly spectacular. So, uh, yeah, I like to see people stretch their wings and, and do something off brand for themselves. And and uh, I think this could be fun for Jim if he's actually really involved and it's not just a BS rumor. Okay, well, let's keep an eye on that one. And look at the time here. We've got to go to break. But when we get back, remember that 24. We're going to get to explain the, the whole 24 thing. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so what you're telling me now with the 24 is that Jack Bauer is entering the MCU? Is that where we're going? <laughs> no, not yet. I'm sorry, I'm jumping the gun. No, I'm, no, I'm sorry, it, go it, ahead. It, it's okay. It's okay. A couple things worth noting here. We've talked previously about the amazing drone show over at Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris. The Avengers Power the Night presentation with its 500 drones. Just want to remind folks that it ends its run at Disneyland Paris's second gate on May 8th of this year. So if you're in the continent and can make your way over there, please check that out. And while you're there, you may actually get the chance to check out that time-traveling Hulk costume. Do you remember seeing the, the footage from this, Aaron, when it debuted? Yeah, it bugs me. Because he could they cover up so much of the Hulk in this. Uh, I know they got to you can't have the mouth, mm-hmm. you know, so he says, hello, you don't see the mouth move and it look all hokey. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got to cover up the mouth with the helmet. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they put him in the spacesuit. But I'm like, man, that's just a giant, giant spacesuit with green hands and green eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish they, I wish it was just, they could have found a way to give him some shredded purple pants and walk around bare chest and Hulk smash and, you know do other neat things but oh well that's you got you got your limitations i understand you got to walk before you can run and in this case again it's a, yeah. it's a walking suit of a you know a 10 foot tall guy it's a pretty amazing outfit um okay so we were talking about 24 the publishing side of marvel they have produced to date 24 of those art of books for the various mco films they have decided that they're going to reprint these things. The series relaunches. Uh, they're now grouping them all under a group title, The Infinity Saga. And the very first book to be reprinted for the series will be Iron Man, The Art of the Movie. It says here, the first of the 24 Marvel Cinematic Universe Infinity Saga film titles, it's being published as a complete set. So going to be interesting to see what happens there. Now... Within days of this reprint of Iron Man, the art of the the movie coming out, we're also going to get the art of book for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, that drops mm. on July 3rd. And I think I'm, I'm going for that one first because, you know, from what I've sure. seen of the visuals of that film, that's going to be amazing. The last year, year and a half, maybe as long as two years, the art of books for Marvel, I mean, they will announce one date and then it'll get pushed months, sometimes a year or more. I know we've talked previously about, for example, 
Marvel Studios Eternals, The Art of the Movie, which I can't remember, mm. came out 2020, maybe November of 2021. It was originally supposed to go on sale next week on April 25th after you know, multiple delays and just today going over to Amazon. Oh, no, no, no. That's now been pushed out to August 8th. So I think it's lovely that all 24 of these books are being reprinted and reformatted and, you know, will be available to fans of the MCU. Do I actually think they'll come out on, on all of their announced publication dates? No. I'm just going to throw in there. Uh, Drew Taylor's art of book never got pushed back. Maybe it has something to do with the writer. I don't there know. There we go. I don't know. Art of Onward. It's from Chronicle Books. <laughs> yeah. Go get a copy. Uh, now, speaking of a book that's had its release date pushed back, Possibility is your superpower, uh, you know, unlocking your endless potential by Victoria Alonzo. This was due on store shelves on May 2nd of this year. It sounds like a self-help book. This is the former studio president of visual effects, post-production and animation. And this was going to track her st the start of her life in Argentina to America to Hollywood. And it, here's the lock line from the book and illuminates the ways everyone can live in a heightened state of possibility and use their voice for change. And as she put it, if it has been done, you can do it. But if it, ha if it hasn't been done, you should. These are the words of uh, supposedly Victoria's mom told her that in regard to the art of, of possibility and, and talks about her coming to America, escaping a dictatorship at the age of 19 and eventually rising up to being one of the most powerful Latinas in Hollywood and, and, and becoming a top executive at, at Marvel, the biggest and most successful studio in the world. And Victoria, at this point, would be already be on the publicity tour if she hadn't been let go by Marvel Studios. And I'm dying to get my hands on this book, but as of right now, the publication date has been pushed back to at the earliest September 3rd of 2024. You remember back in the day when uh, a book wasn't done by Douglas Adams, they just took it from him and published it well, anyway without an ending, and it became a worldwide bestseller. Douglas was famous <laughs> for that, and we loved him for that. But Exactly. And then the next book was, can you believe how we got out of that situation? Amazing, wasn't it? Yes. Now moving on. There you go. Yeah. But, but I mean, this is a really tough situation for Disney and Marvel to be in right now. I mean, first and foremost, Victoria had already donated all of the proceeds for this book to St. Jude's. So it's, it's one of these things where Disney was supposed to publish this through its Hyperion Avenue arm. And, and now, of course, Ms. Alonzo is suing the Disney company for wrongful termination. In fact, she, she's hired veteran L.A. lawyer Patty Glazer. But at the same time, it's like this is a book that Disney had talked up for months to the LGBTQ community. And it's just one of these things where it's like, we promise money to sick children. Yeah, you got to go through with that, right? You, you gotta, can't. You can't you, say no to that. You gotta. Even if you're suing the author, mm -hmm. she's not going to make a cent. Don't feel bad about it. Go ahead and give the money to the kids. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know, Disney will always look good from that. I mean, they when when the news breaks on you know Good Morning America or whatever, Disney donates proceeds to mm -hmm. sick children. Uh, there's not going to be any mention. Uh, oh, and they also had a bitter divorce settlement with the author because of this. Mm -hmm. uh, no, they'll they'll look fine. So yeah, go ahead, Disney, publish your book. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Well, what's kind of interesting is Aaron and I are recording this 
on the day that Fox has settled its lawsuit uh, with Dominion. Uh, you know, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a $1.6 billion, I don't want to say defamation, I mean, uh, but I think they settled for something in the high 700 millions. Yeah, it was like three, three quarters of a billion roundabout. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. sometimes when you're a giant company facing a situation like this where no matter what, you're going to look bad. You, mm-hmm. you need to bite the bullet and, and face it. Again, this is a woman who worked on those 24 films, you know, and responsible for 28 Emmy nominations. I mean, there's so much here that over the course of her career that you celebrated and, and then you had this bad mm-hmm. parting of the ways and it just sort of like, oh God, we have to put this behind us. So I would honestly be surprised if in the coming months we don't see something similar to what just happened with Fox and Dominion, that there's just prior to this actually making into the courts that there's some sort of a, a settlement, there's some sort of a statement, and then this book, which was so obviously positioned to be a self-help, you know, you know. I mean, for example, one of the the log lines, one of the pieces of publicity, you know, talking about her fifteen plus years bringing relatable superheroes to the screen, often being the lone woman in the room where the big decisions are made. Victoria had a simple secret to share. You don't need a cape. You don't need a hammer. You don't need a shield. Your superpower is your voice. And your voice will create change for yourself, for society, and for those you love. If you use your voice, you will create the kind of energy that will bring change to us. To not use your voice is silence, and silence is poison. And, and when you're the Disney company that just put off you know, the publication of this book from May 3rd of this year to September 3rd of 2024, the silence is poison thing is definitely going to come back and bite you in the butt. So it's like, look, guys, just publish the book, all right? Put it out there so St. Jude's can get the money and we can all read what sounds like some amazing behind-the-scenes stories about Marvel Studios. And speaking of amazing behind-the-scenes stories, uh, how many of you out there are now listening to 30 Seconds Straight? There are seven. We, we counted them the other day. Seven of no. them. I know them all by name. No, that can't be. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, because you, you guys are doing... Such great work, you know, sort of focusing, you know, a, a spotlight on Madison Avenue and, and all the, th- the things they've done over the years to to make, you know, I mean, again, just that whole science of when you get to the cash register at the grocery store, it's like, what's at... Oh, the impulse buy. There we go. Yeah. yeah. What's at adult height and what's at kid height? So so what's this week's show? What are you guys talking about? This week, it's it's shameless self-promotion, and uh, I'm trying to start a cult. Mm-hmm. It's it's all a gag, but uh, it's it's shameless self-promotion is kind of the idea of you have to... Uh, when, when you're doing your business... Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you were to say, I'm uh, John Bishop car mechanic mm-hmm. out of 10 people, 9.3 of Americans own at least one car in the family. So, you know, everyone's got a car. Everyone's going to need a car mechanic. So promote yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to always rely on uh, buying a commercial to say you're a car mechanic. You can just shake someone's hand and say, hi, John Bishop car mechanic. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you might have yourself a new client. So uh, shameless self-promotion. It's not so shameless. Go ahead and do it. Try it. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Stroke your own ego. Pat yourself on the back. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I say this as somebody who, who you know, has his name on his own podcast network. It took me years, for example, to admit that 
I, you know, I was a blogger because again, I was a, a reporter, you know, a magazine mm-hmm. writer. And then suddenly, what do you do now? I'm a blogger. You know, it was just sort of like, it was so new and it, the word didn't fit in my mind. People thought it was icky or whatever. Yeah. It was like, blogger, that's, that's like a pretend journalist, isn't there it? We go. It's like, no, actual journalists mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we gave a quick example. I, you know, helped a uh, woman jumpstart her car. It was pouring rain. Mm-hmm. She was stranded with two kids. I helped jump the car in under five mm-hmm. minutes. And I said, by the way, you can hear me on 102.5 WIOG mm-hmm. afternoons from noon to five. Guy had a lifelong listener because she's like, that's the nice guy that helped me. And it wasn't trickery or shenanigans or anything shady. It was just I did something nice. And I said, here's where you can find me. And she's like, hey, that's a nice guy. I'm going to go listen to him. It's uh, it's it's not as icky. As uh, some people make okay. it to, to promote yourself. I, I, again, I, I'm still not good at it. You know, all you got to do like James Bond, instead of being saying Bond, James Bond, go Jim Hill, Jim Hill Media. That's all you're doing. I, you know, it's just how you say your name. I, you just say it twice and add media on the second I, one and you're done. You know, I, again, <laughs> I, 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 I use the old Groucho Marx jokes way too often. But again, I would never want to belong to a club that would have me as a member. And it just, that's the whole notion. Yep. It's like, <sighs> and now we find like, like-minded people that don't also wouldn't be in a club that others would have them in. That's our club. And they come join us, right? Okay. <laughs> yes. There we the, go. We've got a whole new cult now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, now, now getting to the uncomfortable promotion part of things. We do have some other uh, podcasts here. We've got, Disney Dish that I do with Lentesta. You had mentioned already Drew Taylor, which I do fine tuning with. And by the way, Drew has a, a wonderful podcast of his own, Light the Fuse, about the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, we also have Brian Gunn, uh, who I do the Looking at Lucasfilm uh, podcast with. And of course, the the podcast you're listening to right now, Marvel Us Disney. And by the way, if you could do Aaron and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts, and rate and recommend, well, not just the show you're listening to right now, but also 32nd Street, uh, that that helps uh, raise the profile. And by the way, if you, you really, really, really like what you heard here tonight, if you want to, add, want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be cool. But we are other places uh, around the web. Aaron, where can the nice folks find you on social media? If you want to chat at me directly, uh, do that best on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Azaprod, A-Z-A-P-R-O-D. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. And I, I guess that's going to do it for this week. Uh, next week, uh, we will be well into getting ready to launch Guardians, and I'm sure we'll have a... A lot more stories about Volume 3 and maybe a bit more info about what's going on with Mr. Majors. But uh, till then, thank you for listening, and we will be back soon.